This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Welcome to this episode of Reporters Without Orders. Technically, in this episode, we are without orders because Abhinandan isn't here and we are recording way off time. Because Amit Abhinand- had something to say, no? Yeah, About Abhinandan? because Abhinandan is busy celebrating Valentine's Day in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's <laughs> wrong. <laughs> he isn't in Europe, though. So no, he's uh, he, he was attending Harvard uh, India conference. Harvard India conference, right? Uh, so he isn't here. Yeah. So on the panel we have Nidhi. Hello. We have Amit. Hello. <laughs> we have Sahila. Hello. Rohan is missing in action. He's in warm, warm Kerala. Yeah. <laughs> so jealous. So. Uh, welcome to this episode where we are going to talk about what made news and what didn't, but what should have. So beginning with Nidhi. Nidhi, what do you want to talk about in this podcast? Um, regarding what made too much news, I don't think it made too much news, but I think it made the wrong kind of news. So yesterday, the Supreme Court restrained the JNK police from taking any action against Major Aditya Kumar, who ha- against whom an FIR has been filed for the killing of civilians in Shopaya. This happened in uh, end of January. And um, so what to give you a context of what exactly happened, Mufti had ordered an investigation. Uh, BJP, their coalition partner, had asked Mufti to withdraw uh, the FIR and said that another one should be filed without naming anyone. But she refused. And uh, very soon, Mr. Swami threatened Mufti to withdraw the FIR or else their government would be toppled. Uh, he also questioned uh, Nirmala Sitaraman, our defense minister's silence on the matter and said, asked if her silence should be taken as a yes. Mm-hmm. So yesterday, uh, uh, Sitaraman gave a statement where she clearly said, now the issue is yet to be heard by the court. But she said, we stand by our soldiers and our army. If they have performed something in the line of duty, it has to be contextualized. Republic TV started their reportage by showing clips of the Republic Day. And said that really? these were our soldiers. <laughs> and then they shifted to the Chopin case where they said they were attacked by an extremely violent and menacing lynch mob. Uh, there was absolutely no need to show the Republic Day clips. Uh, and they also had a hashtag called India for Major Aditya. Wow. Uh, so what I wanted to talk about was how when a case is yet to be heard, if the defense minister is going to clearly show her bias, if... National media is clearly going to show a bias. You're not allowing a fair trial to take place. Mm. And I think the media just need to take a step back and do just an unbiased reporting of this, that these are the events taking place and not start giving their opinions. And and even the politicians should take that stance. Um, So, yeah, I think if the media just holds a debate on how a debate is held, it might reveal a lot about uh, what people feel about Kashmir. Yeah. Um, what was underplayed was uh, the KS exams, that's the Kashmir administrative mm-hmm. exams. Um, this is scheduled to take place on the 15th of February and there's been, and it's a process that should have been completed in a year, but has now taken close to two and a half years because of delays and really gross mistakes committed by the officials. So the first time the exam, uh, there's a preliminary exam that's held. So when the students sat for that exam and the results came out, some of the students felt like the results were wrong. So they went, they filed a RTI seeking to show the answer key. So when the answer key was finally shown, it was uh, seen that there was 
huge mistakes in the answer key, which meant that the 400 students who had failed had suddenly passed and the 400 students who passed have now failed. And this took a couple of months mm-hmm. to happen. So they were already preparing for the main exam. So these 400 students in the second list who failed approached the court and said, this is completely unfair. So the court said that uh, now you have to let everybody take part, like both the lists of students who'd failed to take part in the exams. The uh, JNK Public Service Commission uh, approached the court two weeks back. This is when the exams are going to happen in two weeks and said that we can't allow the 400 students mm-hmm. who failed in the second list to sit for the exams. So altogether, while a case again is in is in court, they are going to conduct the exam. And when I spoke to the chairman, we're doing mm-hmm. a story on it. So when I spoke to the chairman, uh, he just said that... Uh, we, they will take the test and if they if the court decides that they are not valid to sit for the exam mm-hmm. they just their papers will just be disqualified but did this not find any mention in the kashmir papers as well yeah i mean even in kashmir papers because there have been so many attacks in the last two weeks in jammu and srinagar uh, it's not taken any sort of headlines and mm-hmm. some of the students i spoke to also expressed this that the media somehow just doesn't want to talk about this because it's not the usual kashmir narrative mm-hmm. and there's a couple of issues like there's also the age issue right so these are competitive exams that you sit for repeatedly so if it's going to take two and a half three years to complete one round mm-hmm. someone who might have to sit multiple times might just not be able to Won't and then there's also the anymore. cold yeah, so the cold, so, uh, uh, another student was telling me that usually they make really bad heating arrangements. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to conduct exams in this weather and not have proper heating arrangements, it is going to affect the performance of the students. I don't know how much I would agree to that student because it is, you're asking the examiner or mm-hmm. the uh, university conducting the exam to make certain arrangements. That is, I think, a student's personal Opinion. Yeah, but if you're sitting like in minus temperature and sitting mm-hmm. and trying to write an exam and there's absolutely no facility for heating, then you are also going to complain that I can't write this exam. There we are going from basic facilities to facilities of comfort. We I don't think it's comfort. Maybe I think it's basic Maybe the should be allowed necessity. to carry their own heaters, room heaters to the examination really, hall. Amit, <laughs> seriously, man. So, so yeah. Amit, what do you have for us today? Okay, so uh, Kashmir is very much a news and uh, what I'm going to refer is completely different from what is being talked about. Yes, uh, the news about terror attacks, people dying in Kashmir uh, are important, but when it comes to, you know, a kind of uh, holding people responsible, the government responsible for what is happening in Kashmir, what we see on television debates and news channels and even in newspapers for that matter is you know, we are constantly... Uh, pointing at leaders such as Mehbooba Mufti, who is Chief Minister of Jammu and Kashmir, uh, leaders from the Congress, uh, be it Mani Shankar Ayer or some, someone else. But, I mean, can we just think for a moment, are these leaders really responsible for what is happening in Kashmir? Or is uh, the Tukade Tukade gang, quote-unquote, going to decide what's happening mm-hmm. in Kashmir? Uh, for the uh, losses that we are uh, suffering in Kashmir because mm-hmm. of the terror attacks. So who is responsible? I think the central government is responsible, the defense minister is responsible, and the questions, the hard-hitting questions should be asked from the central government, which is not happening. I have a few figures in front of mm-hmm. us. The fatalities in terrorist violence since 1998 to 2018, This is uh, these are the records maintained by the SATP.org. Now, if you go through the records, after 2008, I repeat, after 2008, 
in 2016 and 17 uh, we have witnessed highest number of casualties fatalities when it comes to terror violence in 2016 there were 88 security personals in 2017 83 of security per- personals uh, you know kind of uh, the fatality when it when we are talking about in in terms of fatalities similarly uh, the overall number uh in 2016 was 267 and in 2017 was 358 so clearly you can see a surge so this is the government the narendra modi government or the bharatiya janata party government or the nda for that matter got the mandate the massive mandate in 2014 one of the biggest poll plank was that they'll teach a lesson to pakistan now whether they have been able to teach a lesson to pakistan is a question if we look at these numbers possibly it reflects what the government has been able to do also accusing or attacking a chief minister in uh, jammu and kashmir for uh, you know suggesting to have talks with pakistan so what options do we have hmm. like what but options but i think that's uh. also reflective of the rift that's coming up between bjp and pdp i don't think this is, is it, they're actually you, hmm. i don't think they're actually targeting her for that because they have also been saying talks 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 hmm. so the whole point of no i'm talking about the media So yeah, you saying that media is also changing the, the mood. That's the problem with the media, right? It, it, when you report on politics or when you report such issues, it just becomes about like they said this, they said that. So you select the mode uh, which BJP is on. If BJP believes in talks, so you you back talks with Pakistan. I don't understand. I'm saying you? the media would back talks with Pakistan only when the BJP is uh, in favor of no, talks I with Pakistan. No, I guess the media should also recognize that this this PDP BJP rift. or this pdp bjp difference is coming because like there is an election approaching there's there is so many things right in 2019 now there's going to be an election now pdp knows that it's losing because of their clear stance with bjp so right. they are also have to prove to the people that we are also taking a clear stance away from bjp bjp has to prove that they're distancing from pdp because they know that people don't support pdp so i think it's a larger conversation which the media is just missing out so there should be more nuance in the debates when it comes to kashmir including what you're saying a, a media channel or a media organization need not take a stance in favor of a party no, i'm saying whether in favor or not uh, we as media organizations are responsible for putting out these numbers out there in public mm-hmm. because see uh, what happened with the uh, previous government uh, it was continuously bashed for the number of attacks on our security personnel civilians mm. in jammu and kashmir and otherwise so when when the numbers are increasing why not do the same at least people have right to know what's happening there i think yeah. that is what nidhi is saying right bringing in these numbers bringing in more nu- nuance and not just the numbers bringing in other factors as to the upcoming elections it all influences the debate and what the parties are doing it's almost like a like a trap that's set by these politicians right and the media just falls for it yeah because we don't believe in research that matter <laughs> i guess <laughs> coming to research uh, sela what have you researched about for this podcast uh so uh, basically the news um, that should have been uh, mm-hmm. discussed in a better way i have a report by the association for democratic reforms so basically i think uh, the report was carried among uh, 34, 31 chief ministers of um, various states and uh, union territories of india and i think three things in the report really need to be discussed we have also carried this by the way 
ओके या रिपोर्ट या ओके सो बेसिकली आई थिंक थ्री थिंग्स इन द रिपोर्ट डू सर्व एंड सीरियस डिस्कशन लाइक एन अलाबरेटिव वन आई कस द फर्स्ट वन द क्रिमिनल केसेस इगेंस्ट चीफ मिनिस्टर सो बेसिकली द रिपोर्ट इज दैट आउट ऑफ थर्टी वन देर आर लेवन देर आर केसेस अगेंस्ट लेवन चीफ मिनिस्टर्स in which the maharashtra chief minister devendra fasnavis tops the list with 22 criminal cases wow and the kerala chief minister pinarayi vijayan comes second with 11 criminal cases and coincidentally i would also like to mention about the 21st political murder that happened yesterday in kerala uh, particularly in kannur uh where a youth congress worker was hacked hacked to death uh, and this is the 21st political murder after pinarayi vijayan came into power and uh, the second thing that i would like to uh, mention in the report is that assets of cm uh, chief ministers so out of 21 25 chief ministers are crorepadis and mm-hmm. the, the andhra pradesh um, Uh, Chief Minister Chandrababu Naidu. Uh, he talks. You mean talks, out of 25, 21 CMs? No, out of 30, 31 CMs, 25 are Crorebadis, and the second and the first one is uh, Andhra Pradesh Chief Minister Chandrababu Naidu with more than uh, 177 crore, mm-hmm. and the second uh, Chief Minister is Pema Khandu. Arunachal uh, Pradesh. Yeah, Arunachal Pradesh with. more than 129 crore and the third one punjab cm amarinder singh with 48 crore and the third one i think is very important the sex ratio among the cm yeah. out of 31 there are only three women chief ministers which makes 10% yeah <laughs> so interestingly chandrababu naidu uh, owns almost you know more assets when uh, we, we put together the assets of or uh, 29 or 28 chief ministers so when we compare mm-hmm. the total assets of 29 or 28 chief ministers mm. chandrababu naidu alone owns more property than all mm. these people but that's the sex ratio is really bad <laughs> like yeah, women true. representation not just in uh, political parties or as chief ministers of state representation of women in decision making positions it's skewed everywhere except on this panel because it's 3 to 1 today. Yeah. Yeah. You're the minority. Amit. <laughs> Amit, how does it feel to be in the minority? I think we are gender sensitive news organization so it doesn't make a difference whether you are in minority or majority in the panel. Yeah, that was the lame ex- explanation. <laughs> that so. was a good explanation. So Cherry, what do you think should have made the news and didn't make the news? Yeah, I think I thought it was Pranay Pranay Roy's letter to the prime minister where he said uh where he called out uh, Subramanyam Swami for uh accusing NDTV of being involved in money laundering with uh, G and NBC and he said that these are uh, allegations that Subramanyam Swami had made were false. And I think why it is important for such uh, such a letter to uh, to get some coverage i'm not saying it should constitute prime time coverage but i do think it should have gotten some mention because if tweets from personal accounts of a political party social media person can constitute prime time debate then a media organization accusing a political party's leader stating that media is being seriously uh, media is being silenced then i think it requires media to stand up and speak out and we talk about media organizations investigating politicians or investigating reports and finding out if there has a murder has been committed doing what the police should be doing then if a news organization is making such an allegation 
why not at least look into it give it some space so that you know there is uh, the issue is alive so that it's not swept under the rug that is why i thought it required some coverage which it did not get Hmm. then ndtv has don't you think ndtv has been under constant attack from whether it be the mm-hmm. agencies or other media houses so till when and to what extent other other media houses including maybe the news portals would defend or stand for ndtv so this is something i was thinking about it's not about defending or standing for ndtv so you said the right thing right they report about when it department or ed uh, conducts raids but then why not report on this i'm not saying stand for it don't say that okay this is wrong or this is right but i'm saying report about it keep the issue alive only then will someone else also look, uh, look into it right so many people write letters to the prime minister it will just be a part of the pile but if you're reporting about it there would be some space and maybe so you're saying stand for independent and free media and I'm not, not saying correct not do not stand it's not about standing for one particular organization but standing for the press's freedom to report so uh, i think uh, shahla is yet to tell us what was not reported okay no, what over should report, have been over reported over reported and then i'll tell what was okay, not reported so okay. uh, every time like i get some news from kerala which <laughs> should be national news so this time i get a news from uh, kerala which shouldn't have been national <laughs> but i think that brings in diversity that and that's because of the diversity of the panel itself you also like what kind of news are picking you up like so i just want to ask you how many of you know priya prakash warrior i think all of us yeah. do you okay. also send her yeah. valentines day date request no you what's that <laughs> what is that <laughs> <laughs> okay so basically uh, there is this clip of a young malayalam actress yeah yeah i know i know yeah. about okay. the clip i know about the production house <laughs> <laughs> so basically i think it shouldn't have been What's like what's the name ora adur oru adar love so yeah uh, so the people who are not familiar with this news i'll just introduce so there is a malayalam actress priya prakash she is uh, this is her debut film and there is a song scene in the movie uh, where she is winking and smiling uh, which became overnight sensation on internet so of course i know like i mean there is nothing new about media uh, outlets uh, allocating their resources for all the wrong reasons but however this became a national news but i do believe that i mean rather than building on this internet sensation and also there was like some uh, funny uh, post like six six things that you don't know about priya prakash and all they could have like mid outlets could have been bit more serious about i think it. there's uh, one article that did about they looked at all the films where there were winking scenes and how they became famous yeah and this has become very there's uh, one in uh, ht or in in express that there's nothing extraordinary in this particular song Oh, they took the other yeah. stances. <laughs> and there is lots of they also made lot of mondashandol uh, by putting Trump. So in the place uh, they removed that boy whom these uh, the uh, these actors were looking at. They put Modi, Trump, uh, and all Gandhi, the yeah politicians uh, and everywhere. Yeah. It was like okay, nice. But, But yeah. then there is something with the clip, you know. Oh, I really? Mean, you felt it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah apparently Clearly she has become the Clearly this explains the, why it's been like an internet sensation yeah, and she has become the third 
celebrity uh, who got most number of uh, internet followers in a day wow so yeah that's that's the extent <laughs> <laughs> yeah i read articles where she's like it's changed my life because now i have yeah, more yeah. valentine day she's a marathi uh, by the way right no no she's a kerala she's from thrissur she's a bcom second year are you sure marathi. you saw the right girl winking at you <laughs> <laughs> okay. i thought because uh, many marathi pages were putting up her yeah, pictures yeah i go to know about it from north indian friends i was yeah, like I, mean, i didn't uh, know like, like, i had no idea about this uh, amit so you were talking about your research yeah so apart from priya prakash apart from priya prakash we have uh, rajasthan government's budget vasundhara rajes last uh, budget which was introduced yesterday uh, tabled yesterday so i have two reasons why this budget should have been discussed number one is uh, that the positive side of the budget is that uh, rajya government has promised of distributing free sanitary napkins to all women between age of 15 to 45 now this is a very after padman after padman yeah and without selfies so yeah <laughs> this is a very positive step and uh, if, even if we you know kind of keep aside that the elections are uh, around the corner mm-hmm. and uh, this is her last budget it's very progressive of her because uh, other states which has experimented this in past was kerala which uh, i think started a pilot project in 300 government schools Hmm, and but then, it wasn't brief it was about the uh, sanitary napkin vending machines okay. not about like hmm. yeah and the other uh, was in haryana where the government had promised to distribute free nap- uh, sanitary napkins to bpl uh, mm-hmm. women from the bpl families so this is there yes and uh, then uh, we have heard about lot of stories from rajasthan the mm-hmm. horrific stories of uh, cow vigilantism Uh, murder of pehlu khan mm-hmm. so i won't say in addition to this but some there's a interesting uh, figures and facts which were in, discussed in the budget a that subsidies fodder subsidies given to the cow shelters has been increased from 90 days to 180 days now the government will provide up to 50 lakh rupees for uh, you know uh, constructing a nandi gaushala which wow. is for bulls uh, in each district and then they are also giving 50 crore rupees for construction of sheds drinking water facilities and crores? for yeah it's, it's a very small amount mm, but then yeah. it's it's a you know kind of political message to the people mm. yeah rajasthan so you are also so when you say that this is the last budget before the elections so you keep in mind that there are a lot of things which are ju- ju- done election just budget. yeah election mm. budget so kind of uh, trying to uh, satisfy every section mm-hmm. of the society so one thing is clear here that gau rakshaks the cow vigilantes are also a particular uh, section of the voters that the bjp mm-hmm. or the rajya government is going to target in 2019 elections uh, sorry 18 i guess if i'm not wrong and uh, then there's another small story and then i'll finish my lecture whatever <laughs> you consider it it's uh, that the dip <coughs> the department for publicity has stopped uh, a 60 second uh, tv ad of uh, delhi chief minister arvind kejriwal mm-hmm. they have not given their clearance now the thing is as per rules uh, the department needs to check the fact and figures mm-hmm. in the ad so uh, and the what's the reason can can anyone tell me what could be the reason for not clearing the ad nidhi 
आपकी मदद करती हैं अब वट द डिपार्टमेंट डेड वॉज दे सेड वाइल दे हैव सेंट द फिगर्स एंड फैक्ट्स एंड स्टैटिस्टिक्स टू डिफरेंट डिपार्टमेंट्स टू क्रॉस चेक वेदर दे आर फैक्चुअली राइट और नॉट दे सेड वी डोंट नो विच डिपार्टमेंट वी शुड सेंड दिस पर्टिकुलर थिंग टू सीन एंड अनसीन फोर्सेज विच हेल्प द गवर्नमेंट नो आई एम जस्ट वंडरिंग डू दे ऑल्सो फैक्ट चेक एवरी थिंग दैट मोदी एंड योगी आदित्यनाथ से no according to you okay i'll i'll let's guess which department should check into that whether there were seen and unseen forces helping the aam aadmi party government in delhi or not this is like some booth department <laughs> no idea yeah so Sarah? clearly this this was uh, done in order to no i mean you can't check proverbs right mm-hmm. so anyway so that was the thing i think the national media should have given it importance that why and how these things are being done while you can keep on bashing the arvind kejriwal government in delhi but there are uh, things that we should also question that why uh, these bureaucratic uh, blockets are being put mm-hmm. in front of the government and these are shittiest kind of excuses which would be given and can we imagine uh, up government uh, Babu doing this to Yogi Adityanath, hmm. and also this is not the first time, by the way. The last year uh, when uh, the finance minister and deputy chief minister of Delhi mm-hmm. wanted to do a Facebook live, the same department said that we don't have technical capacities to uh, perform the Facebook live, which mm-hmm. needs what Shahla can tell us. In order to do a Facebook live, what what kind of skill set and, <laughs> <laughs> and mobile phone? <laughs> Yeah. That's it. So yeah, that's it from my side. So you also didn't tell what should not have made news. No, uh, I think uh, Amit uh, took my point away, which I was talking about uh, Mufti's uh, comment comments about um, yeah Mufti's comments about uh, sorry. So basically, Mehbooba Mufti uh, said that, or rather, she was advocating for a dialogue with. Pakistan and uh, channels such as Times Now and Republic labeled her as pro-Pakistani. If a politician is advocating for a dialogue, like again, you don't have to take a stand or you don't have to label the politician. You can just present what they said with context. So I think the narrative that they gave to a speech mm. was incorrect. Similarly, I think. Yeah, but I. Th- anyway, go on. Huh. Similarly, I think did uh, them uh, news channels not fact checking Prime Minister Modi's speech in the Parliament. I thought it required that there was hardly any media organization, like mainstream media organization, that did a fact check. And I think when a Prime Minister is putting forth a speech, then and uh, when s- uh, so many allegations are ma- being made against the opposition, I think it requires uh, to check whether these allegations are credible or not. Hmm. So that is something I think that should have made news pertinent. Um so before we'll we expert your comments. I'm not an expert, please don't ever call me an expert. <laughs> But staying far away from that word. Before we go into the recommendations, uh Nidhi, you've uh, we've started a new series where you interview uh 
couple of party spokespersons so do you want to share what's coming Plug up like it right <laughs> so it was an idea that uh, abhinandan proposed that we interview spokespersons of different parties because we obviously see them uh, sort of shouting and screaming almost every day on our uh, tv screens but uh, what what really entails a spokesperson's job like sometimes do they refuse to go on shows if their uh, if their personal opinion doesn't align with the party uh, also a lot of these spokespersons have been involved in various sort of scandals so we asked them about that so it's been it's also been very interesting unfortunately we have only one woman we were able to interview so we interviewed kavita krishnan and her interview will be up soon um i really wish we had some more women i also wish we could have interviewed spokespersons from the south um but we haven't been logistically because of logistical reasons we haven't been able to do that uh but yeah so the series should be out and you'll find the uh, link to the first interview below and this is where i think our subscribers need to come in and pay up so that we can make it possible for you to go down south and interview no i know i want to go up so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we we definitely need money <laughs> so yeah, so maybe you can take a leave in you know under the pretext of interviewing someone from kerala right you're the kerala expert so so uh, so what are <laughs> what are your recommendations so yeah i'll recommend a documentary uh, which is called a documentary about disappearance so uh, i had spoken about uh, a muslim youth in kerala uh, zakaria mohammed in last podcast mm-hmm. who has been um, uh, arrested uh, for a bangalore blast case and it's been a decade now Uh, despite all the witnesses have come out uh, saying that they were not aware of these cases and all the under trial yeah so basically this uh, documentary talks about uh, the whole case and mm-hmm. his arrest and everything so yeah that's is there a particular reason this documentary stood out for you uh yeah so basically i uh, like uh, I, i was interested in the documentary because uh, uh, the director uh, of this documentary who had made uh, uh, an earlier one which is really nice so the which is which was about bimapalli firing which ha- okay. which also happened in kerala and uh, it was a communal riot and mm-hmm. the media uh, coverage of that was really really uh, it was far from reality actually okay. so this documentary uh, was became popular because it brought out a different narrative of the whole communal riot it's really nice for a change i think that delhi has to fight to make space for itself in this panel discussion <laughs> no no i think we can irrespective of whether you give importance to delhi or not it remains important okay if you say I, so i i make sure there's <laughs> at least one story about delhi i think delhi someone from outside delhi should say that not when you're like living and reporting <laughs> in delhi <laughs> yeah so amit what's your recommendation uh, i have one recommendation uh, it's the caravan cover it's basically a profile of uh, jagmeet singh and uh, status of the uh, sikh uh, canadians uh, jagmeet singh is also the leader of the new democratic party of canada and uh, the first seek i b- believe to become the leader of the ndp so it it's a good uh, cover package yeah and on behalf of rohin i believe and he'll not protest uh, if he does so we'll get to know in the next episode 
ఎంప్లాయ్మెంట్ these are left uh, and we spend hours and hours in debating uh, issues related to religion communal violence uh, attacking the opposition yeah that's it so nadi what's your recommendation um my recommendation is this piece in a website called mandovis if i'm pronouncing it right it focuses mostly on news from palestine israel and the states mm-hmm. uh the piece is called a palestine israel language trap it speaks about so the author is talking about how he himself is a reporter and he talks about how he keeps away from words like occupation conflict and peace and expert mm-hmm. expert so <laughs> he says that these words you have something to add on a quote unquote expert quote unquote expert so he says these words are essentially very paralyzing words that sort of take us away from the scene of crime which allows us to politicize issues and he says these words actually lead you to a conversation where you want to use fictitious terms like peace talks mm-hmm. he calls it fictitious and fraudulent the the term peace talks mm-hmm. so he says that the the problem is in media we use language to define problems sometimes even deliberately uh inaccurately and incorrectly so that you steer people away from the right solution mm-hmm. right and you also stop looking at com- one side completely so in the light of everything we've spoken today about kashmir and the kind of reportage i think this makes an excellent read it's not a it's not a latest article but i just thought that i should recommend this um Yeah so I think it's a great sure. article and everybody should read it. Uh before I come to my recommendation I want to talk about another piece that I felt in make news. It was Caravan's follow-up story on uh, Judge Loya's death where they have spoken to a medical expert who, who is India's foremost forensic expert Dr. RK Sharma and in the report uh, the forensic experts expert points out that um, or rather points out that it wasn't a heart attack he rules out ha- uh, the heart attack so and poisoning no yeah mm-hmm. but no evidence or the poison couldn't be identified but uh, sort of the damage that the brain suffered mm-hmm. congestion is the term that they have used so that indicates that the brain suffered an injury so calcified is, huh? yeah so again this being such a sensitive issue the cji being involved for judges senior most judges coming forward and speaking and also you know pointing out the different things that are going behind this that are going on behind the scenes within the supreme court i think this requires the media to talk about this 
to just keep the issue alive also the media should be reporting about the hearing that's going on hmm. like we should know what's going on so I that i think uh, most of the television sh- television channels do run a ticker on mm-hmm. it and then you have websites like live law bar and bench covering giving detailed coverage correct on the issue those yeah. are legal websites those are not national tickers are fine uh, until unless there's a big development mm-hmm. in the case just to sort of draw a parallel when the when the four judges came out um they, i also felt like you know bjp at that time said that we shouldn't politicize it the court should be allowed to take their own steps let's not uh, make politics involved into this and just looking at the kind of statement nirmala sitaraman gave yesterday about we have to stand with our army and contextualize the issue mm-hmm. i just it just is so contradictory it's army dude army bola debate khatam Yes, <laughs> like Siachen yes. soldier debate. Debate <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's really unfair. Like you start like the media also doesn't want to go back and look at these things contextually, right? You just mm-hmm. want to discuss what happened today, what happened yesterday. It's it just also gets redundant. That standard uh, statement by BJP leaders in any and every case these days. And hence republics as well. We stand for. Yeah, like <laughs> if there's a if there's a brutal rape in Haryana, don't politicize the issue. <laughs> the floods in mumbai don't politi- politicize the issue but yeah. you can use the parliament floor to politicize the issue right no comments if you are referring to our <laughs> prime minister okay uh, but just uh, one last point before my recommendation while i agree that when there isn't a big development ticker is sufficient i think debates surrounding legal developments is more nuanced and requires more reportage that a ticker can't handle i think which we are missing in general uh so my recommendation is a piece in the atlantic it's called the selective empathy of me to backlash what really stood out to me in this piece was one particular statement where the author megan garber she says that the male perspective remains stubbornness uh, stubbornly and perniciously the default point of view like even though there have been progressive arguments still the de- uh, default point of view is of a man so that really mm-hmm. stood out to me which is why and she says how yeah she goes on to explain she she is basically using a tweet by uh, president trump where he goes on to say uh, like lives and careers are being destroyed because of a mere allegation so she goes on to point out how that it wasn't just one mere allegation first of all like there have been 19 allegations against him itself and there have been multiple allegations testimonies and evidences against so many people so just sort of saying that one man's point of view is what we are being using not just trump but it's the male point of view that becomes the default we look at things using their perspective so hmm. oh, by the way there's another list which has come out a few days <laughs> yeah. back with 7 or 11 names on what is that the uh, journalists and all yes. of that yeah. yes yes hmm. there were a lot of other lists also which came out during me to campaign only yeah, but i think it was lists. ignored because no i th- maybe yeah regarding me too movement uh, there was also a very interesting piece called the new feminist war so mm-hmm. this author talks about how the me too movement has led to a conflict between young women versus old women hmm. so it was it, it was on spectator yeah. and it was very interesting uh, 
I mean, I'm very confused. I don't completely agree with her narrative, but she also talks about but how. It's a valid point, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I think this is something uh, Abhinandan would have spoken about this. Even I think it's there in every way. This generation, even in politics, academics, not just about one yeah. particular debate, but I think yeah, it's there everywhere. So it's just a reflection. Yeah. What even Abhinandan was pointing out last time that, you know, when we talk about the Me Too campaign, it is. old men writing about this or old people writing about this i'm not really sure mm. what he was saying but i would like him to weigh in on this about this mm. age gap when you're commenting about certain things that young people are going through but the perspective is from those who are or who belong to a different generation then yeah. how does that influence the i narrative? don't necessarily agree with the generational gap argument but uh, because she complains about lack of nuance but her piece also talks about a clear binary So her piece is based on the binary of old and young, and then she says that the young don't look at nuance and like are extremely opinionated and take opposing positions. So that way, I wasn't sure, but it was still a very interesting uh, read. Okay, so you'll find the link of that recommendation below as well. Okay, so that was it for today. Uh, pay to keep news free. Subscribe to News Laundry because when advertisers pay, advertisers are served. When news consumers pay. they are served thank you over and out all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent to catch all our podcasts on news pop culture current affairs and sport visit newslaundry.com follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and subscribe to our youtube channel